And welcome, everybody. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, and today I'm without my co-host, Doug. This is his usual Saturday off. But in his place, we have Ms. Wanda Buckner. Hi, Wanda. Good morning, Eileen. It's great to have you here. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, so today's show... We're going to have a lot of stuff. Um, yesterday, I right up until the last minute, I hadn't decided who I was going to do for the Celebrity of the Week until I started watching uh, Anderson Cooper's interview with Mr. Howard Stern last night. And he seemed really interesting. I mean, overall, it was he was just a really interesting guest. And I looked on the Internet and found his birthday. And I go, well, okay, we'll do him. And so I looked at him and I said, okay, he's perfect. He's got a lot of stuff going on and... All that kind of things. We're going to be talking about him in the next segment. And then we're going to be talking to Wanda Buckner today about, what is it again? I, I can't ever say it. It's like, what, do our, our do our pets miss us when we're gone? Isn't that what you mean? Right. Yeah. And it, it's actually sort of the opposite of that question. Oh, okay. Do our pets know how much we miss them? Oh, okay, okay, all right. It's a double-sided question. Well, it is a double-sided question. I sort of noticed that there's two sides to this. Okay. All right, good. Okay. And I think that's going to be an interesting topic because I started to wonder that about my own pets when I was gone for a while and they would come back. I'd come back and they were really happy to see us. But whether they actually missed us while we were gone is another question. Yeah. Yeah, We'll talk about it from the animal's point of view and from the human's point of view, which are not always the same. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I hadn't noticed. Okay. So anyway, we're going to have all of our other usual stuff too, but anyway, we're going to be talking to Wanda about that in just a little bit, and we're going to take a break right now, and right afterwards, we're going to have the Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. And right now we have the Astral Celebrity of the Week. Okay. So in case you hadn't noticed, Mr. Howard Stern kind of got front and center last night on the news. He had an hour-long interview with him. And I found it interesting. Um, he is going through a rather huge personality and some I'd say some sort of existential changes are going on right now with him. Because if most of you know or saw him years ago, he was rather egotistical. He even called himself narcissistic. So, I mean, you can't really quibble with that. But anyway, his birth date is January 12th. 1954, born at 1.15 p.m. That time's in dispute a little bit, but I kind of looked through, and it had been pretty much agreed upon by a whole lot of people. So, okay, and that's Eastern Standard Time, born in Jackson Heights, New York. Okay, and so the first thing I noticed when I ran his chart off, 
I thought, well, this is, um, he's got four planets. No, actually three planets and then the North Node. He has Venus, Mercury, and the Sun in Capricorn. Sun degree is at 22 degrees. We're going to come back to that. We're going to bookmark that because that's what really needs to be looked at. And then it's also your opposite the planet Uranus. So he was definitely a rebel. We know that for sure. And he was kind of this little wild kid that kind of stood up to everybody and said, no, I'm not going to do that right now. So that's kind of that way. And also he has a moon in the 12th house. And it's opposing Neptune and it's opposing Saturn. So we've got a whole lot of stuff here that's indicative of possible depression. Anybody who's a Capricorn, by the way, kind of is predisposed to that just because they are aware that in order for them to get something done in life, they have to map out a long-term goal and see it through. Even when time looks tough, they have to keep persevering. And so it's the in-between times when he's not persevering or he's kind of stuck in between that he kind of gets a little bit lost. So uh, he did sort of mention that, that um, he was, he had a sense of always feeling like he had, uh, well, of course, he said he was also uh, narcissistic. But, you know, he was a real egotistical person listening to his interviews. And he's a shock jock, like you were mentioning. You know, he, that's what he did it for. He'd like to have everybody just dropping their mouths and going, oh, my gosh. Well, he needed to stand out from the crowd. Yes, he did. He really did. And that's kind of what he's doing. I mean, the very fact that, you know, anybody who has a son in Capricorn has rulership of Saturn over him because Saturn rules Capricorn. And Saturn is taking the route that everybody else has taken in the past and being very conservative. Okay, and that basically means that he would be less likely to veer off into weird paths. However, because he has the opposition to Uranus, I go, scratch that idea, you know, because he had both things going on in him, the need to conform but also the need to rebel, both on a dual circuit. So um, it would have been, and of course it's interesting to look at him physically. He has a long hair. He kind of looks like a hippie. Okay, if you, if you want to call him hippie in those days. But um, the thing of it is, and he also has a really interesting conjunction of Saturn and Mars in the sixth house. He was talking about his father, how difficult his father was. I said, well, I would think so. A Saturn, Mars, Saturn is where you want to look at what kind of issues played out with his father. It's in the sixth house, so it has to do with uh, feeling. The sixth house can be very self-deprecating because it's a natural house of Virgo. And so Virgos are naturally sort of self-deprecating because they don't think they're good enough at something. So there's that. So if you add that to the mix, and also I believe he had Saturn... I'm pretty sure he has Saturn. Um, no, not exactly. I thought Saturn mixed with Mercury. But Mercury in, in Capricorn is almost always a, a sense of not being able to speak up and say what he needs to say because, you know, it's sort of like when you have father at home ruling the roost, they can't say anything unless they're being looked at or spoken to. So, but he has all these planets opposing Uranus. And I went... Thank goodness. I mean, that will at least give him an out. And what I say about Uranus is that it tends to, when everybody feels really very penned in, that's the back door that's always open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or he can escape, he can get out of it, he can and run away from it. But it wasn't not so much running away from his parents, but is rebelling against his parents, you see. 
and always kind of putting that foot forward and being known as somebody who's going to go on the left side of the road, pretty much. And he always did. He always took, he always takes roads that are less traveled. That's what he does. And that's what a person who has Uranus in their chart, he has it next to a south node. And basically, I'm talking astral leaves here, but a south node means his past lives, he's had this energy carried with him. You know, and so he may have been a rebel or something in a previous lifetime. He's basically carried that over to this lifetime. So, but he's also having to learn the dis- self discipline and the energies of Capricorn, which is building businesses, um, building, you know, a kind of a long road up a very long hill that he's going to take his time getting up there because he's going to take it gradually getting up there to, to make his achievements happen. So, and I read where he's, you know what his net worth is? $650 million. Yeah, that's good. He's done well. Well, he has. You know, that's kind of a lot of money. But, you know, um, that, that basically shows his tenaciousness. You know, and he's, also, it's interesting. You mentioned earlier when we were chatting about that this is a transformational time yes. of his life. Yes, it is. That's I'm coming to that right now. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, so the key here is the planet Pluto. All right, and the planet Pluto is moving through the sign of Capricorn right now, and it is approximately, now I just mentioned here a second ago that his sun degree is 22 Capricorn. Pluto is at 23 Capricorn right now. So that basically means that Pluto has moved over his sun, but it's also, it has gone over his Venus. It's gone over his Mercury before that. Venus at 17 Capricorn and Mercury at 20 Capricorn. And this whole transformational stuff started several years ago, probably when the first, the first transit of Pluto went over the first of his planets. Oh. Yeah, and first of all, this would be in a relationship. I believe he got married in 2006, something like that, but that was before all this happened. However, what I have to say about this is that when you have a, a transit of Pluto, you usually feel it a long time before it gets there. Because it reaches so deep in us and has us look at a self-transformational things, things that we have to do. Basically, transformation is you got stuff in you that you've been putting up with for hundreds of years and even lifetimes, and you have to deal with it once and for all. It just becomes a necessity to deal with it. That's what Pluto stuff does. It tends to dig up below the horizon and way down deep in the, in the, in the ground and pulls up the issues for you to look at. And so that's probably what happened when it first went over his Venus. So he probably went through times with his wife. Oh, I believe he did. He went through a cancer scare. Uh, you know, and cancer is part of the, the Plutonian archetype. And so because Pluto's about death, you know, it can be a metaf- metaphysical death or a physical death. But it's more likely a metaphysical death. Something that you have in you just dies. Boom, it's gone, you know. And sometimes you have to grieve over it. Sometimes you have just have to release it. But it means usually releasing a lot of things along with people and everything else that goes along with it. So anyway, so he, he's also now been in therapy for about five, six years, four days a week. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a lot of therapy. But he feels like he's got a lot of issues. And he finally realized, this is what Pluto does to you, by the way. Pluto finally realizes that you're the problem. <laughs> you know, you've got the problem. 
You have to transform. It's not about everybody else out there that has the problem, and it sort of says, pointing at everybody else, says it's you, not me. No. Pluto says it is you. So -hmm. it's time for you to deal with it. And Pluto has you dig down, dig down, keep digging down, keep digging down, until you find out what it is at the root cause of all those issues that you've been putting up with for a long time, which is what he's doing right now. Pluto's on his sun. This is the biggest transit that anyone can ever get. It's right at the top. I mean, if I was to list all the transits, the priority and how of their importance, Pluto on the sun is the most important because the sun is our center of our universe. It's where we are illuminated. And when we have Pluto come in, it's sort of like a dark goes over the moon. It is about the shadow material, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we have hidden from ourselves and from other people that we have to deal with. So he's dealing with that right now, really dealing with that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to therapy seven days a week right now. <laughs> it's really a good idea. And I've actually been told to recommend to people if they're going through a Pluto thing is to suggest them get talking to somebody because it can really help. Because when you have issues that have really permeated your life for a long time, you can somehow get through them easier when you talk to people. So anyway, see, I could talk about this all day, and I just about did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's it, it on him, and there's more stuff to be talked about him at some point. I'd like to use him in a lecture sometime. So anyway, we're going to be right back here with Miss Wanda Buckner and everything else. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> Hi, this is a live read for Ms. Angela Probst. She's an aromatherapist. And at this point, you probably heard of essential oils. Are you confused, overwhelmed, not sure where to start? There's so much information in our aromatherapist, Angela Probst, with Young Living Essential Oils, can help you navigate and meet your health and wellness goals. Give her a call today at 253-278-1599 or visit her website at www.myyl.com slash Angela. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and with me is our guest, Ms. Wanda Buckner. She's here at the end of every month. And she always brings us some incredibly good wisdom. You just do. (laughs) I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) Anyway, we love having her here because she always brings something that we always have to go, hmm, you start to think about something in a new way. So let's talk about how do pets actually, okay, do they miss us when we're away or do we think they miss us? I think maybe it's from that perspective. Do they think we they miss us? <laughs> some, I can't even get it right. You know, I read through your when you wrote it in the in my Facebook message. I go, what, what? You know, I had to think about what does that look like now. <laughs> well, it came from a, a person just asked me a casual question uh, from a, a space of love mm-hmm. for uh, her dear dog, and asking. Does my dog know how much I miss him during the day when I'm gone and at work? And I'm sure she expected a simple yes or no answer. But 
from my perspective, it is much more complex than that. Mm -hmm. And I had to relate it to like, well, if I, you know, in the throes of young love, have my boyfriend and I'm at work and I'm missing him all the time I'm there. And in these modern days, I could text him and say, I miss you, honey. What are you doing, sweetheart? What's happening now? You know, (laughs) (laughs) you can't do that with a cat. (laughs) No, thank goodness. And I'm sure I would drive him crazy and drive him away because then he is like, what is this woman? (laughs) What is she saying? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That she can't get along without me. I mean, that's very dear in the first few months of a relationship. Right. But by the 30th year, it's like, get out of my life. Yeah, come on. Give (laughs) us a break here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, one of the questions I had, well, do we want our animals to know how much we miss them? And we don't want a a dependent relationship with our animals. Yeah. We don't want our, our, uh, and we should narrow this down, Mm -hmm. I think. Nobody worries about um, their bearded dragon missing them when they're at work. Bearded dragon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's right. a real thing. Okay. And no one worries about their tropical fish missing them while they're at work. Right. So we're, and nobody really worries about their horse missing them while they're at work. No, they're busy doing other things, right? Right. They yeah. have their own lives. But the same is true of our dogs and our cats. Right. And they're so. They're probably asleep. Yeah. 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 Actually, a cat sleeps 20 hours per day, and some you're hoping... Chances are. Yeah, that some of those hours are during the nighttime, <laughs> but not necessarily. Right, right. And our dogs sleep a great deal, too. Yeah. So if our animals, uh, we have an emotional connection with them, and if my dog is feeling from me that I long to be with him, the dog can pick that up mm-hmm. and makes the dog it directs them to that your job is to be with me all the time Mm -hmm. and if you're not with me you should be and dogs can become anxious by this and have yes they can yeah separation anxiety which is a huge problem and many times it's us who have developed that in our dog right exactly because we have given those messages that they should be with us all the time we take them everywhere with them with us, we want them to be in places where really other people don't want them, like restaurants and right. uh, grocery stores and so on. And so the dog gets a strong message that you're supposed to be with me. And you're joined at the hip. Yes. And yeah. then when the human leaves, the dog's like, why didn't you take me? What, what, what? Yeah, right, so exactly. A, a better message to pass is, you know, our lives are joined together, but we have... Uh, spaces. We have separateness within them. I am not you and you are not me. Mm-hmm. And you have your job while I am away at work. Your job is to watch the house or to uh, sleep and rest or to keep the birds out of the yard. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, the dog needs a job just like you have a job. Wow. I yeah. never thought of it that way. That's interesting. It's, your job isn't just to necessarily sleep all the time, but to do the things they would normally do when you're not there. Right. Yeah. So that they have something to do. Their job is not to wait for you for eight hours. Their job is not to be at the door for eight hours. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine. Dogs do know when we're coming home. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yes, I've noticed that. 
<laughs> and it's great. And there's nothing negative or wrong about it when they they sense that you're coming home and they go to the door to wait for you. But you don't want them to spend the whole day there waiting. Mm-mm. You want them to feel and know that they can get up and chew on a toy, that they can uh, curl up and take a nap, that they can watch out the window. Right. That they have a life of their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Exactly. I remember when I was living with the two Bostons, you know, um, Half the time, their owners would be out, and I'd be there. Of course, it was like having a second mommy there. That's what they thought when I was there. So, I mean, they pretty much spent most of their time up in the bedroom with me. You know, nice warm body, nice warm bed, you know, which they really like. But um, it, it never occurred to me that, you know, if we were all gone, what would they be like? It seems to me, don't you think there are certain breeds that are more codependent than other breeds? Of dogs? I, I do think that breed characteristics make a difference. With, yeah. uh, with some breeds, uh, like the King Charles uh, Spaniels, they are the most loving dogs. They are bred to be uh, with their humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and Australian Shepherd, not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, they are a working dog. Right. And we do need to be aware of those things, but really, our we have to look at ourselves first mm-hmm. in terms of if I am at work or out to dinner with my friends, and what I am thinking of is how much I miss my dog, and I would prefer to be home with my dog. Well, there's not, nothing wrong with that. Oh, I, I don't know. We have to ask ourselves <laughs> yeah, I know. how dependent are we yeah. are we capable of of being away is it us who has a separation anxiety mm-hmm. and the animal gives us an excuse right and when you take it to human terms i think it's easier to see sure and so like think back to when you were 18 19 you had left home and you could feel your mother worrying about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's I definitely could have felt mine worrying about me. Yeah. 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 And it's invasive. It's mm-hmm. not happy. Mm-hmm. What we would much rather pass to our children, our dogs, our spouses is, I love you. It's great you're having a wonderful time. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. I know you can handle this. Right. And that's the support we want to give our animals. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was telling you just before we came on the air today, I was listening to another broadcast on another station, and this this was a pet counselor of sorts, and she was talking about um, basically when the when the parent leaves, you know, the, the dog has separation anxiety. And this is a real common thing, you know. And I thought, well... Why? Why would they do that? And that, you know, it's, I suppose it depends on their upbringing, whether or not they were brought in as a rescue. Because, you know, quite frankly, I kind of frame things in astrological terms. You know, if somebody's been abandoned, that's going to hit a real deep part of them, you know. And and if somebody leaves them even for 10, 15 minutes, that's going to create an interesting dynamic going on. Not necessarily that long, but maybe maybe an afternoon it could create a problem, you know, so they get people in to babysit them while the, the parent is away. And I'm kind of, mm, that's just kind of odd. But I thought, my God, they're, they're so much like us. 
<laughs> you know. Well, when our uh, dogs are so anxious and nervous mm-hmm. that they cannot be left alone, right? It's our job to help them be secure yeah. and overcome that. Right. And when you, there are two things that might help. One is a, a slow awareness that uh, that you you go but you come back. Right. So that you don't terribly stress the dog, mm-hmm. but maybe you just go outside and drive around the block and come back. You're right. you're teaching them a new behavior pattern. Right. And also, we don't we want to help them overcome this. We don't want to end up reinforcing it. Right, exacerbating it or making it worse. Right, by saying you're right, there has to be someone by you every oh. every yeah. step of the way. Yeah, this, this woman says she, she farms herself out as a babysitter for dogs that get that way. And I went... Well, you know, there are degrees of everything, and I have a sitter for uh, our four dogs who has been with me 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we're not alone. <laughs> and your dogs do want companionship. Mm-hmm. It's not, for me, I don't, I want more than just someone coming in once a day and feeding my dogs. Right. That's not enough. No. And so they do stay overnight, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. They sleep with my dogs, which yeah. I appreciate, yeah. because I have the luxury of never having to to kennel my dogs. Though some kennels are fantastic, mm-hmm. and when you are gone, the kennel provides them with exercise, with enrichment. Oh yeah, they give them a full day, so they don't have to sit around and excuse me, think about who they're missing. But, yes, and but, so and so. In those circumstances, it's, you know, we're going on vacation. Uh, we would mm-hmm. take you if we could, but we cannot. And you get to go on vacation, too. Okay. So some of it is how we phrase it to right. our animals. Yeah. And if we if we put it in terms of, oh, my, it's so awful. I have to leave you for two weeks. It's a work contrast. I cannot do anything about it. I'm so, so oh, sorry. Oh, that's going to leave them an impression, isn't it, when they see that? Right. Instead yeah. of the other way. Positive, more positive. You lucky guy. My friend so <laughs> You're getting a break from us. Yeah. <laughs> who loves you is going to come in twice a day, maybe three times a day, and see you and sit with you and mm-hmm. feed you and take you for a walk. It'll be super, and I will think time. about you with love every day. Yes, and that's that's probably the best way to do it. Obviously, you know, because I do think I mean I'm watching I'm watching videos of animals today, and I was watching one of this um, husky on YouTube. Who huskies are notoriously talkers, and oh, this. Wow. Oh, (laughs) I mean, I heard that, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because his owner, they understand each other. You can tell they do. You can tell that he's saying, okay, or fine, or I want to do that. He says, well, you want to do that, huh? You know, and there's this response, you know, and so uh, it's, it's, to me, what this is saying, because we're developing much more closer relationships with our pets these days, I've noticed it's really shifted away from just having a pet to having a companion and a life partner. It's another life partner, you know, and the way she was talking to him, you know, says, do you want to see your, your, your pal today? And he goes, mm-hmm. you know, his little face changes. 
you want to see Sherpa? And she goes, wow! And he goes, run, snow's <laughs> running around. He understood what she said. And it, it is true, and it's wonderful. Our, and having our dogs talk back to us yeah. is only a fraction of what they are able to communicate. That's interesting. You know, I want to talk more about the language of pets Okay. when we come back. We can do that. That'd be awesome because I've kind of always wondered, well, what are they saying to me? You know, I remember, you know, Lola would sit there and kind of whine and little yippy yippy barks. And I go, what's she saying to me? I don't even know. So anyway, we're going to be right back here with Wanda Buckner. And this is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for, guess who, Wanda Buckner. Woohoo! Woo anyway, <laughs> Wanda Buckner is an intuitive and certified animal practitioner, as well as a Reiki master who does marvelous work on both your pets and yourself. She does behavioral work with your pets, especially when they have some unforeseen issues that need resolving. One of her clients has recently said, I was going through transitions in my life professionally, personally, and physically. Wanda brought me through these transitions using her intuitive, gentle, healing energy work. My sessions with Wanda were the catalysts for life changes. So for more information, see Wanda's website at wandabuckner.com, email her at wandasoffice at gmail.com, or you can call her at 360-491-3187. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. I'm Eileen Grimes, and today we have on Ms. Wanda Buckner, who is here to tell us about talking to your animals. But that's part of it. But we just kind of moved over to that topic. So when we're talking or they're talking to us, I think that's kind of what I've always tried to figure out. What are they saying? So... Do you have any sort of generalized rules? Like, you know, for a husky, a husky is known to do that. I mean, they just, they talk all the time. So I just wonder what they're saying, you know. And this, like this, this, this woman in England, her, her dog's name is Kiyush, and they just talk back and forth all day, you know, and she understands them. Oh, well, what do you want to do this? I'll do this. Okay, okay, it's back and forth. They get it. They get each other. So I'm wondering about communication and what they say to us. So when we're talking about oral language, mm -hmm. this is not where dogs excel. Mm -hmm. The kind of thing you're talking about is like a toddler level of talk. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it is kind of. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go for a ride? Do you want to see your friend? Yeah. Animals are so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And tele uh, animals understand everything we say, and mm -hmm. they know what we think. They know... Dogs, uh, and I'm talking about here particularly, but also cats and horses, mm -hmm. and their awareness and the information they receive from us is much more than our words. Mm -hmm. They rely on uh, our smell, mm -hmm. um, our physical gestures, how we move, 
they are taking in a holistic view of communication. Okay. And for us, we, uh, most of us are limited in what we receive. I teach communication with animals and people say, well, I always talk to my animal. But the crux of the question is, People want to know how to hear them and hear what they're saying. Right, yeah. And this is a different kind of skill. Everyone can do it. It really helps to have some training because you need to to get apart what is you are making up about what they're saying. Yeah. And, right, how can you trust yourself? Projecting onto your puppy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And what they are actually saying right and your idea of projecting onto the dog is Mm -hmm. really true Mm -hmm. and we can project our own emotions i miss my dog when i'm gone right onto the dog that he must be so unhappy when he's away from me right because we are unhappy and i really advise with uh, separation anxiety that an animal communicator who can also do healing around that I always do communication and healing together mm-hmm. because what good does it do if you can identify the program or the problem without helping the animal deal with it and helping the human deal with it? So separation anxiety, when I can really communicate to the animal why the human is gone and that they will be back and what I can hear what the animal's concerns are mm-hmm. and why they think... Uh, that they are being abandoned. And at the same time, I am able to talk to the human and share the dog's point of view and help the human change their actions and the emotional distress that they perhaps are sending to their dog Mm -hmm. about when they are gone. Right. We can reach a greater understanding. Okay. Yeah. That makes a really good sense because, you know, I kept thinking, well, I just not sure what they're trying to tell me. I mean, when they're asleep, they're obviously telling me they're tired. But, you know, it's, um, I, and it, I know it does depend a little bit on the breed because I know that I've heard that Boston Terriers are really, really crazy. Every, every animal ha- has a full capacity to communicate no matter what their breed or mm-hmm. their species. Bearded dragons can tell me what they need in their environment mm-hmm. to make their life more interesting. Right. We need to see our animals as fully functioning adults who have a huge life and sense of place in this world that is unique to them. Mm-hmm. And so just as even though you and I talk, um, and I'm not talking about telepathy or psychic work here, but just mm-hmm. you and I talk as friends, I still would not know everything that goes behind that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because that takes telepathy mm-hmm. and that takes psychic work. So we can increase our bond with our animals, mm-hmm. particularly our emotional bond. We can increase our understanding of them. Will we ever know them in their true fullness? Mm-hmm. Will I ever know you in your true fullness? Right. We are, we are limited. But the more that I know, the more I treat you with respect mm-hmm. as a thinking being who can make decisions and mm-hmm. be responsible and who is emotionally stable, 
the better our relationship is. Right. We often make our pets into babies. And <laughs> no, I don't do that. This is yes, good. I do. <laughs> and people get to have their own relationship with oh, pets. Yeah. I have no oh, judgment. Oh, they're cute. Yeah. And the woman who who hired someone to be with her animals all the time. I'm mm-hmm. that's a woman who loves her animals and yeah. I'm thankful that she has the wherewithal to do that. Mm-hmm. Most of us cannot. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to um, talk some about people wanting to bring their animals with them to work. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want their animal to be designated as a service dog mm-hmm. or a therapy dog so they can bring them on the airplanes. Right. Or they want to uh, have them uh, in the grocery store with them. And I'd like to make a distinction here. Working dogs, like a a true service dog, Mm -hmm. a guide for the blind dog, is working. Mm -hmm. They are not having fun. No. I mean, they enjoy being with their human, I'm sure. They they like having a job. the job is number one. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so we need to realize that that takes effort and attention from Mm -hmm. the dog. I volunteered with my dogs in the hospital for a dozen years. And though it was only an hour, it took all a lot of energy from that dog. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because she could not bark. She could not sniff inappropriately. She could not approach people. She couldn't just be herself. Right. In other words. Well, she, she was one aspect of herself. Right. But she wasn't being a dog dog. Mm-mm. She was being a therapy dog. Right. Exactly. She could not lick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she uh, had to uh, be at my at my foot. And so it was a working situation. And even though I would put her in people's laps and they would hold her and pet her and love her, she was working. Mm-hmm even though they didn't recognize it. Right, exactly, exactly. Wow, okay, that makes so much sense. Um, I was thinking about, I, I think the dogs that are trained to be therapy dogs are just extraordinary. I mean, they're... Well, and that they, is one of the distinctions. Uh, mm-hmm. A service dog is trained to do work or perform a task that is directly related to the disability. Right. So an emotional support animal, which, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to take their dog to work. They say, oh, it'll be an emotional support animal. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not uh, service dogs, and they're not covered by the American Disabilities Act. Mm -hmm. And a doctor's letter saying that this person has a disability uh, and needs to have this animal Mm -hmm. does not turn that animal into a service animal. No, it takes special training to do that. Well, and from the dog's point of view, laying under a person's desk all day (laughs) is much worse than being at home. Right. At at home, they are in familiar surroundings. They can behave like they want to behave. If they bark, it's no big deal. Right. And they can look out the window. They can change their position. They can go to different places. Mm -hmm. But it is a working situation when the dog has to behave in a certain way and see, stay in a certain place. Basically requiring the dog to adapt to the situation, which he's obviously not familiar doing. When he's at home, that's who he is. That's what he does. Right. You and have he, to look at it from the animal's point of view. Right. Yeah. And uh, in terms, like, 
you need to think also about what this says about you to mm-hmm. an employer right that or you know that you have to have an emotional support dog with you yes. all the time yes i am joined at the hip with my dog well is, it seems kind of odd i would imagine in the airline business you have to actually to take a dog on a plane you have to have uh, i looked it up for you mm-hmm. they they have to, you have to have a diagnosed mental illness okay. by the MMDR, by mm-hmm. a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to have, do that so you can carry your dog on, on the plane? How would this affect your foreign travel? Right. Uh, are you declaring yourself emotionally dependent to your dog? Mm-hmm. And um, I had someone contact me who wanted to have their dog uh, declared emotional support mm-hmm. uh, so that they could rent an apartment. Oh, okay. Because I, I have been a landlord and I have been a tenant and many places will not take dogs. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to get around that by declaring themselves in need of this emotional support. Okay. But then how does that look to your employer? And yeah. Like you're de- in a deficit situation because yeah. you have this. Can you crutch. really go out and work on the job as a carpenter if, and if you have to have your dog present? You know? joined at your hip. <laughs> right. Yes. But yeah. a bigger problem is that service dogs and therapy dogs are tremendously important. Mm-hmm. And any of us who would, who would, um, venture into that area because of our personal our desire, we yeah. ruin it for the people who really need to have the services right. of these dogs. And not dogs. to mention the dogs would be messed up too. Well, it, it will, indirectly. It, you know, it's a, it's a complex situation, yeah. and we should not make it simple. No, that's right. So that's a really good point of view. I never thought of all that. You know, thinking about things from your pet's point of view is extremely important. Right. And thinking about your individual actions impact Mm -hmm. on people who have disabilities and who have a legitimate need to have their dog with them. That's right. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to take another break right now. And when we get back, we're going to finish up with our guest, Ms. Wanda Buckner. And we will be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Anti-Ikipu, we cover the world of animals. This week, May 26th, it's Bioenergetic Synchronization Technique Sunday with Dr. Nels Rasmussen and his sister Linda, also a best practitioner in the studio. They helped listeners and callers with behavior, emotional, or physical problems. On Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hi, this is Eileen with Ms. Samantha Blodell. She is a Reiki aura, and um, she also does Beulah May cakes. I keep hearing about this cake from Doug, and I wanted to bake it next time she's on the show. She's a practitioner, and she does readings in Mount Vernon as well as Reiki classes. So her Reiki classes in May, well, actually June, those are all done, but June classes, actually one starts on June 2nd at 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., $175. That's Reiki 1 class. Reiki 2 class starts June 8th 
10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's $225. And Reiki 3, June 30th at 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is $300. So she's got all those available. Also, and that's it. Okay, no, she's also got some meetups. She hasn't got any other scheduled right now, but what they do during the meetups, having exercises and activities to increase your perception. Every participant receives an aura reading. $10 space is limited. And you can RSVP. You can go to www.meetup.com and join the group, the Aura Lady Reiki and Aura Intuitive Meetup in Mount Vernon. So if you need to talk to her again about Reiki classes or any personal sessions, you can contact her at, and I don't have her phone number. Oh, nuts, I just chopped it off. Anyway, um, she's in Mount Vernon, and I will make sure that you get it next week. Okay, so that's that's Samantha Blodell, and we're going to be right back. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW. It's the last few minutes with Ms. Wanda Buckner. I didn't mess up your name again. I'm on the right track finally. Anyway, so we're finishing up about, you know, the thing is that's so important is that uh, we just, we always project our issues onto our dogs. We get them to fit our personality. We you know, get them to, you know, to fit into our world. What about us fitting into their world? Well, that's so true. You know? And when we, when we, it's wonderful to choose to adopt a dog. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, as a volunteer with Joint Animal Services for a period of time. And I learned many things. I was actually doing energy work with them. But one of the things that was clear to me and was the philosophy they came from is the the ideal home for each dog. Mm-hmm. I thought when I began volunteering there that I would want to take every dog home. <laughs> I can bl- not blame you there. Yeah, yes. but I realized I was not the best home right. for many dogs. A lot of those dogs, they... It wasn't energy work that they needed so much as they needed a good run. They needed to be (laughs) outdoors. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. And they did have volunteers who took them out, and they had great walking trails in the woods and so on. But I did not have that level of activity that Mm -hmm. a blue healer would need or um, a, a sight dog that needed to run and chase. Mm -hmm. I needed dogs that were more calm and who needed a lower level of exercise. Right. It's important to match the dog to the person. An older person had gotten this great dog from, uh, you know, it was an adopted dog. Mm -hmm. And the dog was extremely active. Mm -hmm. And she was at the point in her life where she could not do that. And But she did do some wonderful things about providing enrichment. Mm-hmm. And one was she took him to a nose class. And a nose the, class? Yes, where the dog learns a scent and to go and oh. find that scent. Okay. And this dog was so good at that that the person who was teaching the class told her that it was possible that this dog could actually work in the airports. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Good grief. Well, that's a shock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but uh, it was a special talent, and 
every dog of that breed or that combination, uh, they have different levels just like we do. Mm-hmm. And so her question was whether or not she should let the dog go into training for this. Mm-hmm. And right. so I do not know what her final decision was. Okay. But we have to weigh, are we the ideal person for that uh, for that animal or does the animal have a better life with someone else? Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Looks like we've got a phone call. I can't believe it. Okay. I can believe it. Oh, no, I do believe it. I can't read the name, but that's okay. Um, so we'll take your call. Let's see who's on the air. Hi, oh. you're on the air. Hi, this is Eli. Oh, hi, Eli. I'm, I'm hi, Eli. I'm, How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm wondering if, uh, if uh, Wanda could tell me about my dog, Scooter, that's passed away. We had to put her down. I'm wondering if uh, she could tell me if she's upset because we had to put her down. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, and this is a question that I also get uh, um, very often. And when you say you had to put her down, um, so it looks like to, to me that Scooter was ill. Is that true? Yeah, she had a tumor the size of a, of a, of a tennis ball. Oh, gosh. It was just a little, a little dachshund. Oh, oh, that's taking up a, like a huge percentage of her body, too being so small right so and so i'm just uh, checking in with scooter here so i'm going to speak in in uh, scooter's voice and um it looks like there's a a woman involved too is that your wife oh yeah that's barbara okay and and um and that um okay i'm just going to let scooter speak and Scooter says, I know mom was really upset and that she kept thinking that there was something else that it was possible to do. And and I know she cried many, many tears. And dad, I know it was hard for you too, but you were the one who was able to be uh, the voice of reason in this situation. And you both know in your mind, you know, intellectually that it was the only thing to do the mm-hmm. only thing to do that chemotherapy would not have helped that uh, removing it would not have helped the tumor was just a a um, it, it was the obvious expression of the problem but there was much more going on and that tumor crowded all of my organs and I did not want to die a long slow painful death and you did not want me to die that way. And I so appreciate that. And I want you to know that I, I live and I will live again on earth. And I look down on you. And I am with you in spirit. And you can always call on me and I will be there. And please, it's so important that you remember and value and and bring to mind all those happy years we had. I don't, I don't focus on those last few moments. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for ending my suffering. Thank you. I love you both very much. I will always be with you. Just call my name and I am there. Wow. That's wonderful. Wow. Oh. Wow. 
Okay, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Wow. And oh. the, this will be in the archives, which are put up immediately right. after the show. Yes, and so, so you'll be able to listen again. That's right. Exactly. So, okay. We have to say goodbye. That was an interesting last-minute call, but it was wonderful. Thank you for calling. Oh, yes. And how do we get a hold of you? 360-491-3187. Okay. And you can also go to wandabuckner.com. You can schedule a complimentary consult with me, and you could also um, schedule a full appointment. Okay. Great. Thank you. Now we've got a few announcements here just to make before we go off the air. I have After Dark Readings, which are with me at Burr's Restaurant every Wednesday at Burr's Restaurant at 6151 Stillicum Boulevard in Lakewood, Washington, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. every Wednesday night. And it's $20 for 10 minutes, $40 for 20 minutes. And so anyway, we can come to that. And then also on June 4th, I have starting a new summer series, summer reading series, A Universe of Stories. At the Seattle Tacoma, or excuse me, Tacoma Branch, Tacoma Library System. And so I'm going to be at the South Tacoma Branch at 3411 South 56th Street, Tacoma, Washington. I'm going to be talking about astrology, the introduction to astrology from 630 to 830 p.m. That's June 4th. That's a Tuesday night. Okay. And then also she and I, Wanda and I are going to be at Boeing Parapsychology Club. That's going to the Conscious Wellness Expo on June 29th from 10 to 5. Kent Commons, 525 4th Avenue North in Kent, Washington. And that's actually, okay, uh, BEPCweb.org. That's their website. They are getting more people. They said on the website that it is sold out. It is not. They've added a room and they've added 20 more booths. So if you're interested and you want to get on that particular on that particular event, then you definitely call them or contact them at BEPCweb.org. Okay, and then also the last thing, every third Saturday of every month, Tacoma Psychic and Craft Fair comes up, and it's going to be June, whatever it is. It's the third weekend next week, next month, and it's at the South Tacoma Masonic Center, 5405 Puget Sound Avenue North, Puget Sound Avenue, excuse me, Tacoma, Washington. So if you have any questions for that, call Winnie, our former co-host, 253-370-6326 and ask her about whether you can get a booth there. Okay, so you can get a hold of me at EileenGrimes.com, G-R-I-M-E-S.com, and also the JupiterRisingShow.com. That's the show page. And so next week we have on Ms. Rebecca Eigen. Rebecca Eigen is an astrologer. She is from Houston, Texas, and uh, she's going to talk to us more about the shadow side. She does work with that, which is really good. And then also the following week, we're going to have on one of our favorites, Ms. Kim Rogers, and it's going to be awesome. We have a month of astrologers next month. It's going to be good. So I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. I'm going to thank you, Wanda, for being here. You were wonderful. My pleasure. Okay. So we are going to see you guys next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk 1150.